Radio on Farside TV with my co-host Jeremy Scipio and Jocelyn Harper. Jocelyn Harper. Then heard heard a lot about you, Jocelyn. Really? Yeah. What did you hear? Good stuff. Good. Good stuff. So um, I'm gonna start with the first one. Um, first, I I'd like to thank you for coming on to the show and letting. Of course. Me- engage because we usually have rappers we have comedians we have different people that move and shake shake and move hustlers entrepreneurs and uh i felt the entrepreneur part was like a good one i felt that was a real good one where were you when you found out that there was going to be a statewide uh pandemic shutdown like when when the curfew when they like jumped that off yeah i remember i was we had just started working from home so i was working for apple and we all started working from home that week and I was like, okay, cool. This is like a little vacation. We'll probably be back in the office in like two weeks. And we all heard that we were going to have a curfew and that like everyone was stuck inside. And I remember I was at in, I was living in East LA at the time and I just felt so annoyed. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is way more serious than I thought. And I was just sitting in my bed, like kind of feeling like cabin fever already. Cause I'm the kind of person, like I never stay home. I'm always out. And so when I heard that, I kind of felt the same panic as everyone else, like, do I need to stock up? Like, do we need canned soup? Like all the stuff that everyone was worried about. And um, I went grocery shopping and stuff. And then I kind of just was li- listening to the news. But yeah, I was, I remember I was home and I was just really upset. Oh, I lost my mind. I was uh, at Costco five times. <laughs> five, five times. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a Costco person anyway. And so um, my dad has a business where he, he owns the business, but they have like a, 
uh, franchise manager that communicates with him that keeps him abreast on you know different stuff whatever so uh, she reached out to him and she said okay do you have a plan uh, to work remotely for your office in the chance that this pandemic becomes a thing now at this time they hadn't shut anything down it was just whispers going on or whatever so um, I said okay uh, dad, let's talk about it. Then um, let's get back with her on Thursday. And I, I emailed him and I CC'd her. And she said, no, I need one uh, by this afternoon. And I was <laughs> very serious about it. And so I was kind of like, man, she must know something, you know, we don't know. Right. And I guess she, she might not have known more than what we know. She was just listening to the news. Cause you know, we're, you know, we're used to just roaming, doing what we want to do, whatever. Yeah. They were talking about the pandemic, but the way that they released information, I guess they're trying not to create a panic or whatnot. Right. So it was kind of like they give you a little bit, they take a little bit. So long story short, I started out, uh, I was in about a 20 minute line on a Sunday to get into Costco, but, but they hadn't, there wasn't the panic yet. Okay. And I was like, man, if I'm in the 20 minute line, I'm going to go back tomorrow. And I'm gonna come at nine o'clock because they opened right. up at uh, ten. That uh, nine o'clock getting there, I got in at eleven thirty. So I was like, okay, it's getting serious. <laughs> so after two more times, I had gotten there at four o'clock in the morning, and I still had to wait until nine thirty to get in because by that time they had uh, implemented letting the older people in from like nine to nine thirty. They would like bring them to the front of the line, right? But, yeah, it was it was serious, but you know what? I bought lunch. <laughs> what city was that? Uh, I was going to the Costco in Long Beach, and the Costco. Okay. Yeah, I bought too much, man. I ended up giving some stuff away. The only thing I didn't buy too much, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. I had a gang of toilet paper, man. So you were the problem. You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I am. So when you heard about it, did you freak out as far as going to the stores and all that? Or you're just kind of like, ah, it's not going to be all that. No, to be honest, I'm, I'm just a doubter of the news. I don't like believe anything at all. Like I, that goes really deep for me. Like I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, this is all going to be over. Like, let's just see. So I probably had two packs of ramen and a bunch of wine. And I just counted on everyone else to, in my life to, I had roommates and I was like, they're kind of freaking out. Like I'll be fine. And I never overdid it with the shopping. Like I never did. I, I found that I just paced myself and I just only take, I shop for myself. I don't have anyone else to provide for. So I didn't go overboard. Um, the one thing I was kind of struggling to get was I really wanted like Lysol wipes. Cause I just, the whole thing like wipe your groceries off, wipe your, you know, or some bleach or something like just something to desanitize. And I could not find it anywhere. I was getting really mad in the store. Like you go in the store and that the aisles would be no paper towels, no bleach, no Clorox, nothing disinfecting, like only like, you know, lavender scented, like degreaser or something. But I needed like, I wanted to like sanitize because I, I was a little bit worried. That's the only thing I couldn't find for like weeks. And so I ended up ordering like two things of Lysol wipes cost me $50. And it took like four weeks to come. But <laughs> so I didn't buy like food or anything like that. I was kind of chilling, but I just didn't want to disinfect and like, like doorknobs and stuff. <laughs> right. Guess what? I was part of that problem too. 
<laughs> you have a bunch? Can I buy some? You, have, you still have some in stock? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm funny, man. I, I really did go overboard when they were like, eat, like before they got to the whole shutdown or whatever, I got like wipes, I got bleach, I have dogs. So I got to mm. keep so I just I just went crazy with bleach. Mm. But uh, yeah, that, that that can wrap up the COVID stuff. But I just wanted to see where your head was. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, yeah. 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 I was in uh, Boston uh, when everything was going down. You know, I, I travel a lot and I don't tell everybody where I'm at. But uh, certain people, when they were hitting me up, they were like freaking out. Like, like well, you know, what are you doing for the shutdown? I was like, oh, I'm in Boston. Like, why? You're in Boston. I'm like, yeah. It was like, what are you going to do? I'm like. I don't know. I mean, come back. That was it. So, yeah. While uh, everything in LA was already gone, uh, it hadn't hit Boston as hard yet. So I was, I grabbed some stuff <laughs> from uh, from Boston and I brought it back. So that's I had, smart. Like, I still got a uh, yeah. I still got Clorox wipes and stuff. I have the official brand because by the time I got back, they only had like real whack generic stuff. But exactly. uh, I had the official stuff. I was I, I stocked up for a while. Boston but, um, was like I thought that was where the first few cases were at and I remember I was out there when I went to um this convention one of our final events before we shut mm-hmm. down was in Boston it was a like a it's called um PAX East and Sony had pulled out of the entire convention because there was like the first few cases were there and uh, we still went but I remember that was like we had two more events um before we stopped we canceled everything so Boston was it was a risky place to be well, yeah, Boston, and then uh, I was I went from I went from Boston to Rhode Island, which is you know in LA miles is real small, but um, yeah, they uh they they shut down everything. The only thing they had open was like WalMarts and grocery stores. That's what I'm saying. Like I I cleaned up because LA was like, you know, everybody in LA is like panicky. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? So in Boston, I was able to get as much as possible. But um, mm-hmm. I was gonna say, and then and then I had to fly back. So that was another thing that everybody was like freaking out over. But yeah. I was everything. Everything was chill on my end, you know. I've taken plenty of tests, and you know, nothing, you know, uh, nothing happened. Whatever, no. um, you know. I, and I was actually, I was telling uh, Smooch before you got on, or whatever, you know, about the numerous amount of jobs or whatever you've had. Uh, <laughs> and I remember for a while you were uh, a flight attendant, and uh, I think well, then after was it before or after that you made like a blog. It was after. I made the blog after. So I, I was after. a flight at first. I had all these pictures and stuff from my travels, and then I made a blog afterwards. Yeah. Could you tell us more, a little more about the blog? Yeah. So I had, since I was 16, I probably had like 30 different job titles. I just keep wanting to try new things. I was a lifeguard. I worked at the movies. Um, and then I was a flight attendant because I was like, I can travel for free. So the blog was Jobs by Joss. And I was going to inform everybody of like, what is it like to be a lifeguard? And what are the requirements? And what is the highs and lows of being a flight attendant? And what are the requirements? And kind of an informative way. Um, and it ended up getting pretty good readership. But I stopped changing jobs so much. So I kind of ran out of content. Well, I probably didn't, but I thought I did. So I kind of transitioned out of my blog. But one of the biggest things was everybody was so interested in becoming a flight attendant, which now is a horrible, horrible job because you're either at <laughs> yeah. risk or there's no work. Like a lot of my friends I started with, like they're not flying or they're flying and they're scared. So, um, but back in, I did it in, back in 2014 and uh, it was a really cool thing. And I was able to take pictures all over and constantly create content from that. Right. right. Yeah. I remember you had a, you had a really dope picture. Like, you know, like a, it was like, <laughs> like I was saluting. Your, your I was a flag. 
Yeah. Okay. So that was after I was a, I was not a flight attendant anymore, but I wanted to keep creating content. So I went uh-huh. to the thrift store and I found like a suit for $3 and I bought like a neck piece and I went to the Chino airport and there's all these old planes and uh-huh. we bought admission, me and this photographer, we just paid like $3 for admission and we did a photo shoot at the airport with all these old school military planes. So that was just like a, a photo shoot for the, for the blog. But that was like, yeah, that was a fun one. And there was like a wall with the American flag behind me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, before I was woke or whatever, and I stood and posed with the flag. So, yeah. Before you were woke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. A few years ago. So it was just, it was just your traveling that inspired you to create the blog? Because right now we're, we're in a, <clears throat> we're kind of in a, in a place where everyone wants to do something, uh, whatever their little inner tiger is on the inner, on the inside, they want to let the cat out, you know? Yeah. And so everyone wants to be a, a, a blogger or they want to podcast or talk about something interesting or whatever. So at that time, was there another blog that you saw that made you say, you know what, I could do this? Or Yeah, I mean, when I was a flight attendant, reading was one of the number one things we did to pass the time. And I loved reading about people who were, um, living on their own terms, like making money online, um, affiliate marketing, all the cool stuff, all the, you know, the hot topics of the time. And so, but the, re- the real reason I wanted to start the blog was I felt like I had so much experience and know where to put it. Like I would tell my friends like, oh, I've done this, this and this, but I wanted it all to be in one place, um, almost like a living resume. So it was mm-hmm. kind of with the goal of making it a full-time thing, but really it was just like self-expression and I had a lot of fun with it. And I kind of tried to make it into YouTube too. But those things, you have to be super, super consistent. So I just, I kind of, kind of faded away, but it was really fun at the time. I thought it was a brilliant idea. I mean, I was inspired by it. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I, I was going to ask you, what, uh, is there any opportunities that came from it? Like, if so, like, what was the biggest one? Um, I think the biggest opportunities were just like the opportunities to do more photo shoots. Like it got the attention of people like, oh, this is a cool concept. Like, do you want to shoot for, do you have any other jobs you want to shoot for? So I was doing a lot of fun photo shoots. Like one of the cool ones um, was I was a camp counselor. And so I went and got back to the thrift store, got like a bubble vest and like a whistle. And like, we did like a, a camp counselor type of photo shoot by a lake. So just the opportunities were more just creative. Um, it didn't really blow up like I had wanted, but it was just really fun. I did it for like a year and a half. <laughs> but you know what I've run into issues with content too because you have this great idea and then you hop into it and then um my business partner and I we did we did a tour and the concept was west coast arts and we it was we go across the country and so when we first started out we're like oh man this concept you know the west coast blah 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 but then we came to the realization there's only so many artists on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. And coordinating with everybody to talk about them, to talk with them. And it, it, it does get hard. So I think that was one of the things about my blog. I kind of made it too niche. So it was just only jobs. And so eventually when I only had one job, what now, what am I talking about? So I, I think if I was, was to go back and do it again, I would make it something a little more broad and not just about my experience, but maybe other people's experience as well. So what experience would you give to somebody who said, okay, uh, I had a boring job. I had to be in the office every day and now I'm at home 
and I can go to Best Buy and I can buy this or buy that and I can sit on my computer and while I'm logged into my job that I'm working from remotely, I could do something really cool. Like what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start blogging? I would say they need to literally start as of yesterday because everybody's at home right now. We're consuming so much content at a crazy pace. Like I expected for us all to be watching the same shows, but no, there's new shows coming out. The creatives are really like giving like a lot, given a lot of space right now because people yes. are at home. They want to consume new things. So yes. I would say if you want to start a blog podcast, it's, it's the time, like get, just go into the quietest room you can and just start doing it. There's somebody who wants to listen. Uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to Diamond Ranch in, it's been Phillips Ranch, Pomona area. And it's like on the border. I don't know. These are really small towns in the Inland Empire of California, but um, it's on the border of Diamond Bar and Phillips Ranch. And it's like, mm -hmm. it actually, it's crazy. The, the facility used to be a prison and wow. um, then they turned it to high school, which is like the same thing to me. And <laughs> it's all cement. It's all cement and crazy architecture, but you could see how it used to be a prison it has these high walls and you really can't see out of any of the classrooms. And um, you have to walk up this really steep hill to get in or out. There's only one way in or out, which is like probably a fire hazard. And so um, it also was such unique architecture that it's like often used in like car magazines and car photo shoots. So, oh, yep, I went to Diamond Ranch and it was a good time. I was on the tennis team. Oh, okay. Yeah. What did you want to be when you were in high school? What did I want to be in high school? That's a good question. I think I wanted to be, and if and it followed me for a while, I wanted to be a director. I wanted to be a movie director or like a music video director. So me and my friends would make little videos and stuff and I would make them for little local artists. But um, yeah, I wanted to direct music videos. Those are my favorite things to watch. So uh, when Jeremy was explaining you to me, well, he, he kind of explained it. He really didn't he gave it kind of abroad. So he said that you do some, like you've done some production where you've worked on TV, worked yes. on TV productions, and then you've done event production. Right. So for what you do, what would you classify your job title as? Like, like in a, not that a- That is so difficult. <laughs> I've done so many things. I would call it television and event production production like I would say television and event professional is kind of what I would point it as because like an all-encompassing I've done live award shows and then I've done like weddings so you know you produce something that's going to be televised it's a little different but it's the same kind of controlled chaos when we're on when we're shooting when we're when the bride is walking down the aisle it's kind of all that same like moment and you're trying to you're getting ready for a moment so most of my stuff has been in the realm of like it's live it's happening right now I mean, I was, I feel like I was specific. I, I said the VMAs. I mean, that's not in the scoff at. No, I'm not, no, I'm not saying like, she, <laughs> like that's, I'm just saying, I mean, that's the, <laughs> you said, when you said that she did like a TV production and then she did event production, the first thing that I went to was like, okay, she's a producer. Let me, you know, uh, hashtag VMA. Let me do this. You know, that the third thing, when I thought about it, I was like, well, uh, production for events is totally different than production for television because they're two they're, you know they're actually they're the same world believe it or not they're they wasn't say the same exact world but they're very similar like i would yeah. say uh, music music videos and film are similar and music videos commercials are similar uh event tv and regular television are very similar it's the same there there are two different worlds but those two worlds are similar to 
and these other two are similar. But events are totally different than that, though, right? No, I'm, it's the same people. <laughs> it's the same people, and it's the same kind of style of, you know, you have a run of show. Like, you have the similar um, vocabulary and the same type of um, way it's run and the way it's planned. But um, it, it, it is different when you're doing something for TV versus you're doing something for, like, a bride or a couple. So, but it's it's similar in the skills you need. Well, I was, I was talking specifically an event like the VMAs versus, you know, working on a TV show. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. the VMAs is a production that's only like uh, maybe two hours long, but it's all the prep time, the before and then the after. Whereas a TV show, it just seems like it would just be crazy. It seems like a TV show would be a lot crazier. Cause- yeah. So my bulk of my experience is gonna be definitely live award shows. Like I'm used to that, like four weeks, five weeks preparing for a two hour window where we're live that time. And anything that goes wrong, it's just going to happen and go wrong. Like one of my, one of the craziest times actually my first VMAs in Brooklyn in 2013. And that was the one where, um, well, NSYNC surprised everybody. And then Miley was twerking. That was when Miley Cyrus kind of came out of her shell that year. And everyone remembers that. And I remember I was filming (laughs) like, this is so cool. And then she started twerking and I put my phone down like, what is happening? So yeah, like live is so fun and just those moments that you can't plan for. So that's where I'm mostly done is like those things that are gonna happen for two hours and they'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. All right. So right now, are you working on anything exciting you'd like to tell us about, share with us? Well, nothing in the world of TV and events. Um, a lot of that has because I do the live stuff, a lot of that has gone away. Um, but personally, I'm just working on my my CBD brand and going to do that, uh, attending a couple of pop-up shops for the winter and um, just focusing on on doing that and using my skill sets to, to build my own personal brand. Who introduced you to CBD? So uh, I discovered it at a tobacco event. I was doing social media coverage for a vape company and while I was there in Vegas at the event, they were giving out these samples of CBD. And I was like, I've heard of this, but I don't know what it is. So I just took a couple of the gummies. And I remember the rest of the day was such a good day. And then I looked back like, why was I so chill all day? Like it was such a long day. We were on our feet. I was like, I think it was that CBD. Like that made me feel so relaxed and so calm, but I didn't even notice it was working. So I got into CBD that way kind of through a free sample and start using it for a year every day. Like it just completely changed my, my view on anxiety, on insomnia, things like that. And I was just like, this is such a cool product. So that's how I got into it. It was kind of a, a fun accident. What inspired your, your line? Like, uh, you know, the Inspire 91. I mean, that's like a very like specific name for a CBD product and a, and a brand. Like, where does yeah. it come from? So, so well, the thing about Inspire 91, I actually registered that name with the with the state before I knew what business I wanted. So I registered it about a year before I started even selling CBD. Um, Inspire just comes from, that's what I want to do. That's that's always been my intention, like, is to inspire people through my events or when I was having my blog or anything. So I knew I wanted to inspire. And the 91 is, like, my birth year. And I just, that's just where that comes from. I was born in 91. So I, before I even knew I was going to do CBD, I was like, this is the name of it. And when I transitioned into CBD, I was like, that's such a generic name. Like I can do it for that. So I kept it at that. And I picked my products based on what, what do I like? I love candy. I'm like a little kid. So I have candy and I love oil for if I want to be like low calorie and vegan type of vibe. 
interesting. So I've heard that, uh, I, you know, I've, <clears throat> I, I have a printing company also. So I do some printing for, uh, well, a lot, uh, a lot for the cannabis industry. And so uh, I've met people at different uh, conventions and whatnot, and I've had the CBD conversation. And I've heard two conversations. One was a conversation that went over my head. And then another one was, well, uh, some of it's snake oil, some of it's good. But then I'm like, okay, well, what makes it good? And then they're like, well, oh, you know, it's CBD. It'll, you know, it'll, it'll take away your inflammation and it'll make your life, you know, your days will be easier and all this. So you working with CBD, break it down in layman's terms, the benefits that you're aware of with CBD. Yeah. So obviously I, I first started using it kind of blind eye, like, okay, what can this do? Um, and I started looking into it a little bit more so I could kind of understand what I was going to sell. And so I'm familiar with hemp based CBD. So it's not from the marijuana plant. There's two kinds. And it's one of a bunch of chemicals that are within the hemp plant and people use them for all types of things. But the CBD, which stands for cannabinoid, it's mainly for well, there's a lot of things you can use it for. It's already part of a drug that's used for epilepsy because it calms the nerves. So it's already within an FDA approved drug, but in general, people use it for anxiety, inflammation, body pains, chronic pains. And if, even if you use it over a long period of time, it can help with depression. And um, I just, I love it because it's all natural. Um, I learned that actually hemp has been used as a remedy since like the 1600s. Like it was one of the first plants that was actually harvested. So. I, I, yeah, that's the main thing I know about it in layman's terms. <laughs> and so the difference between, between hemp and, and, uh, and cannabis, because I've heard different things. Like I've heard that hemp is a cannabis that has a very low, excuse me, yeah, hemp yeah. is a cannabis. <laughs> Got that one. <laughs> hemp is uh in the cannabis family, but it has very low THC in it. Is that a correct? Yes, that's correct. So, um, and the thing about hemp base is that's the only kind of CBD that's allowed in all 50 states. So anything, if it's, if it's CBD from a marijuana plant, it's not even legal in all 50 states. But yeah, they're, they're similar, but the THC amount in hemp is so little. And also when they're extracting the CBD, they make sure there's little to none because in order for anybody to sell CBD, it has to have less than 0.3% of THC in there. So essentially non-detectable because what you don't want is that feeling of being high. That's just like not the point of CBD. Um, it's not, it's not what you're supposed to feel. You're not supposed to really feel anything besides a noticeable relief or, or burden off your shoulders. So yeah, there's, there's really little to no THC. There should be little to no in anything you see in stores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I didn't. I didn't tell you this, but um, I remember uh, I, when I first tried the apple rings. Uh, first of all, they're they're bomb, and uh, I started popping them, uh, which you shouldn't do. Uh, even though they're really good, you should spread it out. Um, so first time, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know what I mean? I didn't notice any shift, but I noticed. I know everything was breezy, right? So mm -hmm. um, the next time, I had got something from you. Um, I was popping them, but you told me, you say they think taste a little different because they have melatonin in it. Yeah, the, the green apple rings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I went back to popping them. And uh, yeah, I didn't know why I was so tired. <laughs> I was like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yep. was like, they, sneak on, they sneak up on you for sure. I'll be honest. I didn't know 
you were you were basically warning me and I didn't I didn't even realize what you were saying. They're like, you know, you're like, it's melatonin. I'm like, oh yeah. And uh yeah, I was man. <laughs> yeah, so relaxed. It it can hit you at the wrong time of day though. Like if you take too many, you'll just be so sleepy. Like I've I've accidentally like just taken three hour naps, like, okay, I'm so chill. And then I'm like, where did the day go? Yeah, I would I would do like this. Um, I know I'll wake up. And it's a difference between you just sleeping and getting that deep sleep. Mm-hmm. So I woke up from the deep sleep and I'm like, why am I, hmm, why am I so tired? Like I feel, right. like I, I know. And then I, I, then I went back to get some more and I was like, oh. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're like continually sedating yourself. <laughs> but yeah i think it's uh like i said i, I love the product i mean low-key i've you know over the course of the i think it's been has it been more than you no, i say at least I'm, when was the festival i guess whenever you did the oh. um you yeah um, i want to say like maybe january oh january, january I think. Something yeah like that. um I've, I've been a big fan of uh of the brand so awesome thank you yeah uh, I was wondering, did you have any other like sponsorships? I know you sp- sponsored the festival. Was there any other sponsorships or anything that you have uh, done or you promoted? Them? Yeah, I mean, I've been a part of a couple subscription boxes. So like for people who are maybe new to CBD or want to just see what's the best way to get it, they can get a subscription box and pay whatever amount a month. And I've been a part of a couple of those going out, um, the hemp bin and hemp crate. Um, mm. And there's a surprising number of people who are really just wanting to try every single product every month. So, um, yeah, I've been a couple, part of a couple of those. And then also we buy black, um, I'm on their website as well. So a couple of, just trying to get the word out and just get people to feel better with like naturally, you know? Mm -hmm. So you had a write up in we buy black. Yeah, I well no. So you can have a store on we buy black. Like you could just have your own little store, kind of like Etsy where you set yourself up. And then also you can, you can submit yourself and get featured on their social media. So I've done both. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, actually, I, uh, it's funny. Uh, we buy black. I actually have a relationship with them. Mm. When I first, um, <laughs> when they first started, they had they started this blog called uh, New Black Culture. Okay. And um, th- and then uh, basically, they were looking for uh, bloggers, and uh, I was like, you know, I wanted to get better at writing. It was like 2015, so I was like, you know, let me let me try it, whatever. So I wrote my first article was on Kendrick Lamar just dropped the album. I wrote this really, really dope article just breaking down the album and, you know, people's feelings. And I posted it and then they posted it and they were like, man, this is amazing, man. We need more articles. So I wrote like two more and I was like one of like the top, you know, they didn't have that many writers at the time, but it was, I was one of the top ones. So I was like, really, you know, pat myself on the back. So then I think Tyler Perry released something and I wrote an article about that and I think even though I criticized it, I also said, you know, I felt like Tyler Perry makes a good product at the end of the day. They didn't like that. <laughs> I can already guess. <laughs> they were like, Jeremy, um, <clears throat> we respect your opinions and man, you are a hell of a writer, but um, we're not going to post this blog. Uh, <laughs> if you, um, <laughs> you know, you want to write another one, submit it to us, down for that. And I, I did a little pushback. I just was like, well, I mean, this is supposed to be, this is not an editorial, you know, this is more of like a informational thing, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, not everybody feels like Tyler Perry makes crap. Um, even I, being one of the people who 
don't like Tyler Perry's products that much, I still saw the good in it, and that's all I was reporting. I was like, yeah, yeah so this isn't going to work out. Um, when yeah. you're writing articles that we like, you know, you can submit them. And then uh, right after that, uh, they started We Buy Black, which, in all honesty, all honesty, I felt like that was a great idea. I think they mm. were trying to get more to the core of the issues with Black culture, you know, in the sense of we don't support each other right. uh, with our money. We support each other with our movements, but not with our money. And, yeah. um, you know, basically that's kind of the thing. And I, I'm actually uh, really proud of the leaps and bounds that they both We Buy Black and Tyler Perry have made for the Black community. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. Uh, but that's kind of dope that you actually got to be a part of something so uh, so great. I mean, um, do you do you frequently get in, get um, you know get on the site and get promoted, or this is just like a one off thing or whatever? It's kind of one off. Like I've been up on their on their Facebook once, and then their Instagram like three three times, and mm-hmm. it really brings in actual buyers who want to support black businesses like it's created a lot of loyal customers who buy from me every couple months and i just i wouldn't have been able to reach them on my own so it's it just goes to show like us supporting each other is so 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 important because we're building each other's dreams and like you know someone like sees me and they share it and it's just been growing from there so i've definitely gotten some good um some good customers from we buy black so i love what they're doing yeah what's the best piece of advice you've gotten um, just in life. In life. Hmm. I feel like for me, and this may not resonate with everybody, but it's for me, my, my grandpa told me to take risks and that's like a super simple piece of advice that actually was like my tagline when I had the jobs by Joss blog is taking risks. And I think that's why I haven't been afraid to try new things like literally every six months is because I'm willing to just sacrifice whatever's going on to try something new. And if it didn't work, I'll try something else. And I'm, and I'm kind of just not afraid to fail because I have failed a bunch and I'll just keep trying. And I, and I take risks. I mean, even leaving LA to become a flight attendant, everyone was like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, you, you don't even need a bachelor's degree to do that. Like, and I was just like, cause I want to try it. Like, I, I don't really go off of what everyone else is doing or what's stable or makes sense. It doesn't always make sense, but I, I do think taking risks is like, it's part of my DNA. Quick question. So when you were uh, doing your preparation to be a flight attendant, uh, did they do something where they made the, the plane climb real high and then drop, go down real low? Or no. Like <laughs> what? No, we, we trained the entire time on the ground, which is a, which was a mistake because we did all the training on the ground in the classroom. And it was like anywhere from 10 to 12 hour days, like watching videos. We had crash week where we watched crashes happen and we watched post interviews after people crashed to know what we could be dealing with. But we were on the ground the whole time. And even like when we did the cabin service and like the, the, um, the smoke filled cabin, we were in a fake plane on the ground. So it wasn't until I went to my in-flight training that, and, and, and then in first class is Will Ferrell. It says, it says William Ferrell, my thing. I find out that I'm like violently airsick and that's like part of who I am. And I cannot be on planes and I'm going to be sick every single time. So I, I didn't know until I started doing the job that I get airsick and that. So yeah, they should do training in, in the planes, but they don't. They do everything on the ground and then you go and, yeah, I would just die every day at work. Yeah, I heard that they would. Yeah, but that's just whatever. Maybe, maybe I was watching too many movies. 
<laughs> I don't, maybe the bigger air, maybe other airlines, but not my airline. I was working yeah. for a SkyWest, like a smaller one. Cause I would hate that. I don't know. We did not do that. Oh, okay. Yo, I, I would probably up. quit. Did you have the hookup on buddy passes? Did people bother you about it all the time? I had people who I'd never, people who just like I've spoken to once in my life, like, hey, I'm trying to see my sister in Florida. And I was like, and how can I help you? Like I, people always wanted buddy, and they were really cool. The buddy passes were great. Like the people that I did hook up were like really getting hooked up. Like I had somebody go to Paris for $70 and like I had a friend, she did a round trip to Miami for like 150 from LA. So yeah, the buddy passes were great. The only downside is that you were flying standby. So have you ever flown standby? Yes, yes. It's the worst. It's actually like really nerve wracking. It's like trying to win the lottery, trying to get on the plane. So um, that's the only thing that you have to deal with. Like, I remember I bought a flight to Hawaii and I was on standby till the next day to when I just decided to buy a flight. I was like, I'm just buying a ticket because I was getting kicked off every single flight. So um, it has its ups and downs, but it it definitely is pretty cool. So wait, (laughs) if you flew before, then how come you didn't realize you were... uh, you were getting uh, flight sick before. I guess it's different. Okay, so when you're in the seat and you're going, the, you're spacing the way the plane is going, I wasn't getting as, and also I would sleep on flights. So I was spacing the right way. And whenever I used to travel before for fun, mm-hmm. I would sleep. And so then when I was a flight attendant and the plane is going this way and I'm standing up serving and going this way, I, my, my, my equilibrium was just off. And then when you're sitting and you're taking off and I'm facing backwards, I just would feel so dizzy, like hard, could hardly function. And it just got really, really bad. So I, I learned during the first week and I thought I would grow, get my air legs or sea legs or whatever, but I never did. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm a, I love the deep sea fish, but I get sick as a dog and I just take medicine. Like I just, I, right. I, I get what it is, but I love it. But I take medicine, but what you're saying totally makes sense because um, when I was a little kid, I learned that I get motion sickness to this day if I'm in a car and I try to read, just the bumping around, like yeah. just moving around. For whatever reason, when I'm read when I'm reading, my body can feel the bumping around. Where if you're just riding in the car, you're not paying attention. You're not exactly like on one thing. And then in a plane, it would make sense because when you're sitting down. You're just moving around a little bit, but if you are constantly walking and not thinking about going to the restroom, because you got to think most people when they're walking on a plane, they're going to the restroom or they're going to stretch their legs or something, but to have to be on your feet for like an hour or so at a time, I can see that being pretty rough. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like I get car sick too. I get sick on boats. So it didn't correlate. I thought I would just be fine, but it just never, I did it for eight months until I was like, and I was taking the medicine every day too. And I was like, I, I'm taking this every single day, multiple times a day. Like it just didn't feel like healthy to take it daily. So um, yeah, I, I have the same motion sickness. It's a, it's a bummer. Jeremy, do you get motion sick? Um, You know what? I, I always act like I'm like, you know, tough as Teflon, but straight up um, when I started Ubering a lot, you know, cause I don't, I don't like interacting in Ubers at all. So I'll be on my phone, especially the Uber pool stuff. I'll be on my phone. And then it's, it's, at some point it just started hitting me like, yo, I'm sick. But I didn't, I didn't make the correlation that it was me like, like in the car, you'd be like, yo, what, what is that? What yeah. Is that? It's such that? a bad feeling. 
Yeah, you'd be like, no, nah, I'm cool, I'm cool. Then you feel like, it feel like something's telling you to throw up. you like, nah, I ain't even eat nothing. Like, what? Exactly. It's such a bad headache. And as soon as, if you just rest your eyes, it goes away. But if you don't realize, you'll keep triggering it. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, well, I realized mm-hmm. looking at my phone while moving, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what, what it is. It's just like, if I'm like paying attention to the road and everything right. around me, then yeah, but that, that whole interaction, but yeah, I, man, I, it's funny that you even said that because I was actually thinking about it, but I was just like, nah, I'm gonna let it stay with the air. <laughs> yeah, it can hit us all at different times too. Some people are never air sick or motion sick until they're older. Like, it just depends. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's get to the meat. Who's your top five rappers of all time? Ah, I hope you don't judge me too harshly, but <laughs> he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying that, like, I grew up listening to, like, All American Rejects and Paramore. So I'm just going to throw that out there and let you know. So, <laughs> and my first concert ever was Warped Tour. And yeah, so that's just where my background comes from. But I do, right now, I'm loving Drake. I'm sorry. I love him. I just feel like he doesn't miss right now. And I just, I've been listening to him since high school. And just, I vibe with him. I love Kendrick. I've seen him in concert twice. Um, when I was working at Coachella and I was a manager before all the Coachellas and concerts were canceled, I went out and saw him both days or both weekends. And it was wow. just such a, and I was in the audience alone. I just, I love him. And I just mm-hmm. feel like he talks about real stuff. And so, yeah, he's, he's just, I, I love him so much. Um, Man, what, what, year, what, what year was that real quick? Uh, 2017, Coachella 2017. Man, that's like the perfect year. That's the last album he dropped. Yes, it was the you best year. It was so fun. That's why I had to go. But I was there both weekends, and I was like, I, I didn't have anybody with me. I was just in the audience, like by myself. Like it was so great. So and that's like a th- and you you did what at Coachella? I was a, I was a I was working in payroll, so I was like a manager of everyone's payroll. Who um, which was like so many work. There's so many people working there. So many people to put that on. So um, yeah, for that one, I was managing um the payroll in like time. So not a super exciting job. So when I would clock out for the day, I would just go straight in, go watch a little Uzi, watch a uh, schoolboy, like everybody. So that was a great year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So then I'm just going to throw out schoolboy because schoolboy Q, because I just think he's so fun. And I just top think five. he always has the coolest beats. Hmm? Top five. No, no disrespect. I'm just asking. Top five. You know what? I'm going off of the, the vibes of when I saw them perform at this point, because it was just such a cool energy. Like I was. What do you say? She was born in '91, so <laughs> her version is totally different than our version. <laughs> she made me feel old as hell. She said Drake. She said her first one was Drake. Was, <laughs> but no, there's nothing wrong with it. Drake is dope. No, Drake, Drake is dope. But I'm he just make he make music for women. What? He, I think it's for everybody. Nah, oh, he, really? He, Marvin's room for everybody? Okay, well, true. <laughs> Maybe not that one, but like, no, I just okay. feel like he's a, he's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> he's a lady pleaser. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> and the guys are like, okay, that's, yeah, that new Drake. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to drawing a blank for, for two more um, rappers. <laughs> I really don't listen to straight rap, but I mean, I mean the thing, the the three that I named are like that's a good vibe. <laughs> I, I like that's where it's at. 
<laughs> that's that's just me. That's just me and my essence. Like if we if we listen to those three artists, like you would get a, a vibe for how I like to hang out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, schoolboy. I like schoolboy. I think he's very underrated. Uh, I've honestly I've never put any heard anybody put him in their top five. So I guess he's rated accurately with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a- another person that comes to mind. I don't know if they're top five, but I like Dom Kennedy just because he's super Cali vibes. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know if I would say like top five of my life, but like I love him too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Dom Kennedy. He just uh he was on Big Sean's new new album. I thought that was that was tight. That was a uh, Detroit too. That was a great album. Um, do you do you um well of course you listen to albums. Are you keeping up with like albums that come that dropping? So that's so funny you said that because I'm actually known for not being a full album listener. So I'm, you guys are just going to be very disappointed in me. I When I find a song or two that I like, that's all I listen to. And I just keep listening to them. And I'll know them back and forth. But I don't listen to entire albums. And I know that they are put together to create an entire story. But I just pick a few songs. And I'm like, these are the songs I like. And I, and these, and I don't branch out. And I need somebody to be like, listen to this song. And if, I, if they tell me that, I will. But I don't listen to entire albums. Mm. Is that a disappointment? Yeah, well, my co-host, I think he he might be disappointed because. Uh, <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> How I feel is that albums were made for me, and singles <laughs> were made for you. Yeah, so that's just what it is. It's not. It's mm. not a. Uh, it's a. It's a generational thing. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like for us. We couldn't wait to get an album. We couldn't wait to get a CD and then look like album culture, super album culture, not like the digging for rare grooves and all that, but super album culture was like before me. But but for me, I recall I can recall waiting for an album to drop to just first you wanted to look at the the, the artwork on the album, mm. you wanted to see what they were wearing. Like that was that was our social media. We would look at the shoes, we would look at the cars, the uh mc light uh the volkswagen jettas that was like i made me get a jetta you know what i'm saying so so it's that experience and then reading through the 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 booklet inside the cd who did they thank you know what i'm saying that was a big deal let you know what rappers that was like the, the drum that was the drum to let you know what rappers you needed to look for who was involved who were their homeboys blah 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 and then um most albums kind of told a story. Like a lot mm. of albums had no theme at all, but some albums, like uh, the group that I worked with, where, where um, you know, I knew the guys while they were making the album and I never thought about it like that, but like Bizarre Right to the Far Side, that was, hey. it, it took you from, from here to there. Now, I was there when the album was made for the most part, but because it was the homeboy experience, none of the songs really stood out to me and none of the skits, like I didn't hear it in an order. I just kind of heard stuff get done. But mm. afterward, it gave me a great appreciation for um, like theme albums and then albums that take you from one place to the other. So like for me, I'll listen to an album and I'll find a couple songs that I'll just play over and over and over again because I like the songs, but I will go through every song because I feel like, okay, man, it, it, you know, it might be more. So when I say it's like a, a generational thing for you, it became too expensive for a lot of rappers or, or musicians to make complete albums by the time that you really got. So it was just like a single thing. Like one of my friends, 
uh, a close friend. He works with Bruno Mars. And for mm-hmm. years, Bruno Mars just made, like he wasn't even worried about out. He would put singles out and do so well that like he was making, you know, he was, he was doing all right, man. Just straight right. the singles. So I get it. And so like, for me, it's just a difference, but I see how you could like singles. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't disappoint me. It's just kind of like, <laughs> why would you eat the, uh, why would you just eat the, uh, the artichoke heart if the whole artichoke tastes good. Not saying that the whole artichoke tastes good, but just saying it doesn't. <laughs> yo, 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 have you had artichoke pizza? Yeah. No. Yo. In New York, I, it sounds crazy because I thought it was crazy too. In New York, you get an artichoke pizza. It's a place called artichoke pizza. If you get a pizza from there, it's gonna change your mind. It's bomb. Normally, I'm not the foodie person. He's normally the foodie person, but that's how good this is. That sounds good. I'm getting excited, though. That sounds really good. I'll have to think about that. Is it, like, all made of artichoke, or is it just topped with artichoke? The, 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 the toppings are artichoke, but then the the cheese sauce, whatever, it's made with artichoke. It's, first time, somebody was like, you got to go to artichoke pizza, and I was like, okay. I went there, and I got a pepperoni pizza, and they was like, how did you do it? I was like, it's all right. They was like, well, you know, What'd you get? And I was like, pepperoni pizza. I was like, you don't go to artichoke pizza and get a pepperoni pizza. I, was, I thought it was just a name. Yeah, I was wrong, man. This right. this pizza is bomb. I'm sorry, okay. that 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 uh, analogy just triggered me. I was like, yo, <laughs> not <laughs> hungry. But also, what uh, what Smooch mentioned, yo, the album booklet is dead. I used to look forward to reading. I I know I memorize rap songs. That's what I do. I'm addicted. They used to put the lyrics in the book. So man, I was like religious with it. Like, yo, just trying to get every word. And uh man, I used to hate when I'd get an album and it wouldn't have the lyrics in. I would get mad. And then some of them will unfold and it'll be a poster. So you can put it on yeah. your wall. Hey, man, hey. that's so many. That's what you said. Huh? Now, nah, real quick. Hey, Amen. Huh? When it didn't come with the lyrics, we'd have to invent our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sing it wrong forever. Yeah, yeah true. It is, they, they would, some of them would bleep the curse words out and not, but yeah, man. Like when you said that, I just like, I was like, yo, the booklet, they don't, I mean, cause I'm, I am an album consumer. I'm an album consumer. Cause you know, they'll drop a single. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm like, yo, what about the album though? Cause mm. To me, it tells you the type of artist, you know what I mean, you are, and you know, you could transition through stuff. And that was my biggest issue with the Migos. Not saying I, I hate them. Obviously, they're not my favorite, but I just kind of go like, okay, what type of changes they gonna take me through? And the Migos, they made the same song like eight and nine times. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Song. So yeah, I, I'm I'm really big on um on albums, you know, at least for my personal consumption. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, man. I just like yes, say when you when you said the, the booklet, that just was like, yeah, he said special thanks. Like um, I forgot who album it was, but it blew my mind. They were actually were thanking comedians. Like they were saying that inspired them and stuff like that. So yeah, it's that's crazy. Yeah. That's so cool. I remember so one album booklet I do remember and it's vivid in my mind is the Beyonce Dangerously in Love. Um, album when I was 14 that was the first album I ever owned so that one was one that was like in my CD player nonstop. 
listening to it every single day. So I can probably sing every song off of that album. And she looks so cute. So <laughs> I love that one. So how has the pandemic affected your CBD business? Have you not seen it grow, grow more? Or it's just kind of in the same place or you're. Um, so I, I only launched in like November and I started getting traction in January and then the pandemic came in March. So it's been, it was starting to get good and then it went slow. And then now, because I think the pandemic has caused so much anxiety and so much like problems with people's mental health, it has picked up back, picked back up again. So, um, it's been pretty steady. Um, I have my same loyal customers and I'm trying to slowly grow and reach new, new people because there are a lot of places to get CBD at this point, but I still feel like communities of color don't trust it or they're like, what does it do? Like they're, so I'm trying to still do education as well as pushing sales. So you would say that your CBD is definitely not snake oil. No, for sure. No. Cause I, I always, um, I, I, my CBD products come from Colorado, which is obviously like the, the marijuana hemp like haven because they were the first place to, le to legalize in the States. And I always look at my, what's called the certificates of analysis. And that is the document that shows a third party tested this CBD and shows like the, there's actually CBD in here. I sample things before I sell them. So no, it's, it's, it's legit. Nah, that's tight. I'll tell you a quick little story about uh, Colorado. Before we legalized uh, cannabis in uh, California, um, I went to Colorado and I went into a store and I remember waiting like uh, maybe like 15 minutes to get to the bud tender. And it amazed me because there was cars pulling in and out of the uh, the parking lot like it was a fast food place. And I was like, I was like, man, but but I when I knew that it was going to be a thing in California someone in Colorado was explaining to me the amount of taxes that the cannabis industry was able to pay by legally selling it there. So the tax dollars that went to the city, which uh, in Colorado, in Denver, I know, they donated uh, some of the tax money to keeping the homeless sheltered. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I'm like, okay, uh, if you're bringing these, 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 uh, these state and federal tax dollars in, um, I don't care how conservative you are, you mm -hmm. know, those millions of those extra millions of dollars that are coming in that you can do something with, there's just no way to just really, I mean, unless you just got, they got the coldest heart in the world and you're not <laughs> motivated or moved by money, you're going to say, you know what, we need to, you know, take advantage of this. I, um, I'm a brand ambassador for a cannabis brand okay. out here and the person who owns the brand, you know, it's very interesting because there's a large uh, uh, amount of people of color who've been convicted and, you know, they have felonies and all kinds of stuff. And like, I know somebody who it was probably like in, in the nineties and they had two pounds. They, they went up North to get two pounds of weed. So they went up North, they got two pounds of weed. They got arrested and went to prison. And it was and it was amazing to me because like I know people that got caught with way more than that. They were offered like a diversion where a, a diversion is where you haven't really done anything super like super messed up before. So you kind of go to a class like an alcoholic, you pay money, yeah. and you promise to not do it again, and you do some community service. 
and it's like expunged from your from your um from your record. So the crazy thing is, you have like um, all these people that aren't of color who were given like the front of the line treatment as far as the industry is concerned to get like all the the state money and to get the programs and to get the educations and, and all this kind of stuff. And then you have the same guys who are coming out of jail for like really doing nothing that was worthy of what they got sentenced for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they make it so hard on these guys, but uh, there's something that I'll, I'll tell you about and then anyone else that's watching or that may, may see this in the future is the California Minority Alliance. And it's, it's uh, a coalition of people that will educate you to the rights of those of color that want to get involved in the cannabis industry. And it'll kind of help navigate you through the, the pathway for knowing how to like really do it. There, there's so much to it. it. It seems like it's not a lot to it, but it's really like, it's so much to it. Not saying that I would get into the cannabis industry, but it's so much to it where it just kind of like, I'm the kind of person I'll attack something new and I'll overcome a fear of dealing with something new if I feel it's within my range of, of, of comprehension. But that just seems like a lot. Like you got to keep your licenses up. And then you once again, you have to get all your product tested, you know. And then um, as a matter of fact, the guy from the California Minority Alliance that I know, he helped put the legislation in place for people who uh are, are landlords that rent to people illegally, whether they're doing a dispensary or whether they're doing a grow. And like the, the penalties that they came up with are just so crazy. Like I know one of the penalties is if you get caught, let's say with a dispensary or a legal dispensary, or if you get caught with a, uh, a grow, when the, when the city gets involved, uh, they everybody gets fined to jump it off. Now the landlord, if the landlord doesn't pay the fine within a couple of days, they start to shut off all utilities of any property that the landlord the landlord owns in the state of California. Mm. So it's like a a very strong choke tactic in order to kind of uh, get people in line. So yeah, I, I have my cannabis rant, but that's what I. <laughs> that's good. I didn't know that they existed. That there's a company that can educate because we need that. We definitely do. So tell me this: with you working um, in production, uh, aside from your CBD business, where do you see public interaction going within the next twelve months? <sighs> in the next twelve months, I think it's going to start becoming more and more virtual. I think there's enough people who are worried about getting sick, enough people who are worried about getting someone else sick that we're going to try and more and more incorporate social distancing into all events. So I see, I envision weddings with, you know, a Zoom station available for those who want to Zoom in. I I envision like movie premieres that are from the car. Like, I I think that it's going to just definitely change the landscape of what events look like, which is sad because I love, I love events and I love people, but I, I think it's just, this has just definitely been a change in history of, of how we all interact and what does it mean to be close to each other. Mm-hmm. Have you been on any productions since, um, physically been on production, like not not weddings, but like large productions mm-hmm. since the uh, COVID has 
broken out? No, I was invited to do a couple of different shows and they just didn't work out with my schedule. But there are definitely, like I said, tons of stuff still going on. Um, all the things are in place. Like we got green screens for people who want to zoom in. There's, I've been hearing stories of, you know, everyone's wearing face masks. I know, um, Jeremy, you told me that people were getting tested all, all week long. I personally haven't been on any productions since March. But um, I know for sure people are still going going for it and producing television. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I have a, a friend who is, uh, he's an actor. And he's up in, well, he had to go up to Canada uh, maybe a month ago or so. And yeah, he quarantined for, uh, quarantined for two weeks. And, you know, he had to, you know, mm-hmm. shut it down and just, you know, do that. And then while, and then, continue to quarantine amongst the people that he knew was safe for the shoot of the production. I'm just like, man, you know, it's it's so crazy because in one way, it's kind of sad because it's like a lot of jobs have, they're just not the same. But um, I went to the farmer's market and I have a buddy who sells microgreens. Uh, Shout out Caesar Xanadu. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Give me straight on my microgreens. You know what I'm saying? If you jam enough, he'll, he'll throw some in. But uh, we, we, were, we were talking at his booth, and behind his booth was a parking lot. And we were kind of talking about uh, where we are right now, the pandemic, uh, how there's definitely been a rise in people that come to farmer's markets. Like, like mm. the whole scarcity of food thing and the panic and everybody kind of went crazy it was a trip because I, I go to farmers markets and I was at one in Long Beach and I remember hearing this guy say well he had no idea he wasn't talking to me he was just being funny and talking in general but he's like hey man because uh you never had to wait in line to get into the farmers market it was pretty much like okay you roll up you just stroll in whoa, whoa, whoa. but they started making sure everybody had a mask and letting so many people in and this guy's leaving. He's like, Hey man. Uh, cause, cause people, he was leaving, people were walking up. He's like, man, we don't invade your, uh, we don't invade your stores. Don't invade ours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, causing, causing all the lines and everything. And, um, I was talking to my boy, my boy, Justin, and we were like, well, we don't know where it's going to go, but we're just going to try to prepare the best we can. And, be more holistic, you know, to, to start off. And for some reason I was looking behind him and I saw a parking lot and I said, you know what? All those cars right there were horses at one time. Mm. And what we're going through right now is evolution. Mm. And it's just and like, we don't know where it's going, but mm-hmm. we're just evolving. Like we walked on fours at one time and now, it, you know, now we can walk, not only can we uh, walk upright, we can run, we can, do gymnastics, we can do all that. So uh, in my in uh, my opinion, I feel like right now we're just evolving into something uh, totally different. The only thing that you can do is attempt to, and I know it sounds so cliche, but it's like, okay, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. Just basically stay on your toes as far as what you're doing and try not to get caught up in the distractions. Because I feel like, that's the largest thing that's going on right now. It's like, whether it's the presidential race or whether it's uh, cancel culture, social media or whatever, it's like everybody's stuck on the wrong stuff, man. <laughs> it's like, 
they're stuck on these trivial things and not kind of being focused. So for myself, uh, it, it was kind of crazy because when the pandemic first jumped off, uh, when, when we were on lockdown, you know, for three days, I was kind of, I was stressing because, you know, my income for the most part was working with the group and we we're flying out doing shows. I had shows lined up. I had more shows lined up. I had tours on, on that side of it. It was supposed to be a great year, not a good year, but a great year. And then all this stuff goes haywire. And I called one of my boys who's across the water, who uh, he books a lot of shows with us and whatnot with, with the group. And I wanted to feel his temperature. And when I heard him shook, I was like, okay, this, this is real. So I left the house and I went to my warehouse because my, my thing is whenever I'm going through something or whatever, even if it's at night, even if it's early in the morning, I go to the warehouse just to get that energy and to let whatever is going to call to me, call me to do whatever. And uh, I slipped and fell into a mask business. And uh, the, the, the benefit of it was that it gave me something to put my mind somewhere while I was watching everybody else kind of, you know, go crazy for the first, for the first bit. Cause it was like, there was so much uncertainty, you know, so much uncertainty. So uh, with that being said, I'd like to thank you for giving us your time, giving us your, uh, your knowledge. And I'm definitely going to reach out to you because uh, you said a couple things that I feel could help the businesses that I have going on. You should do another blog. Yeah, I thank you so much. Yeah, I, I, I love Jeremy kind of reminded me of how much fun I had with the blog. So yeah, definitely gonna take that into consideration. Absolutely. You have a you have a lot of knowledge. Is there anything give your social media stuff and anything you'd like to shout out or you have going on or sure, yeah. So most of my stuff is on Instagram. So my personal is just joss.harper. So J O C E dot Harper. And my business is Inspire91, just spelled out Inspire91. And that's a CBD business, right? Yes, that's my CBD and self-care. Anything you need to feel good, feel calm, it's going to be on there. Cool. And you, Jerry, Jeremy, what you got going? Um, what's going on? Um, so I have a um, show uh, called Comedy Rhetoric, which will be uh, Friday at Pan Pacific Park at 7 o'clock. Um, I don't know if I told you this, but uh, somebody was watching the show last week, uh, and I did my little plug at the end, and they actually showed up. Well, they, they plan on showing up. <laughs> so they hit me up. It was like, where is it at? Well, 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 you know, I really need to get out. So uh, I guess I'm going to take these plugs a little more seriously. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, and no. uh, also, I wanted to plug this brand, uh, Aspire 91. Uh, <laughs> it just it just relaxes me so much. I just eat one of these. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man, my life just got better. You're going to fall asleep my, on camera. My credit, my credit score went up. Um, it's crazy. I just everything in my life just went so much better just now, and I'm just gonna sleep like a baby, right? I love it. We all need but better yeah. sleep, <laughs> but no, I just wanted to show the product clearly that I'm a, a fan. Awesome, thank you so much. Inspired inspired91.com. So if anyone wants to check it out. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys 